is a Woodside Church podcast. Good, very good, very good. Now, last week, Ollie wonderfully started off a new series, the First Samuel series, and we are looking into the book of First Samuel uh, and going to learn or what God has put in there for us, which could be, which which is applicable for us even today. Hallelujah. That's, you're going to unpack the purpose of that book and the truth in there for us today. And I like the way how he put it, connecting everything to Jesus, everything pointing towards Jesus. Wonderful, isn't it? It's just amazing. We're going to, I'm going to be doing the first chapter, the first few verses of the first chapter and go into this story. This story starts off, or the book starts off weirdly without any big introduction or what, this is what you're gonna see. It starts off with sorrow. It starts off with suffering. It starts off with pain. What an exciting way to start a book, eh? You, you wanna read through the book, Lord, I wanna read through First Samuel, and then you read, what? Start, what a start, but this is what it is. I believe and I'm learning the power of reading the word of God together as a church and the significance of it. So we're going to do something slightly different today. What we're going to do, it. I'm not going to read it from the, the verse is going to be coming up on the screen at the back, and it's English Standard Version. But I'm going to request, if you have your Bibles with you, either book version or mobile or you know, digital version, whatever, can you turn to 1 Samuel, 1 chapter, first uh, 20 verses, please. For those who don't have... Don't worry about it, it'll come, um, it'll come on the screen there, okay? So don't worry about it. I'm gonna call Daniel Lopez. Yay, come on, Daniel. Let's give her a big hand. And she's gonna, yes, please, yes, please. And she's gonna read it out to us. And can I request all of you, oh yeah, thank you, Uncle. Is that on? Right. She's going to read it out to us. And can I request you to follow through and look into the Bible because I'm going to be asking questions after that. Nice. Right, okay, over to Daniel, please. I just apologize to any Bible scholars here because the pronunciations might be slightly off. So apologies. <laughs> okay, so 1 Samuel 1, 1 to 20, the birth of Samuel. There was a certain man in Ramathame Zophin of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeraham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, an Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go year on year from his city to worship, to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rivals used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? 
And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the afflictions of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you, keep, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit, and I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favour in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to the house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Well done. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you. That was brilliant reading. Very slow and clear and nice for us to understand. Now, what we're going to do is that we're going to just take a few minutes and you're going to turn to the person sitting next to you and one thing that highlighted to you as you read the verse, as we read the passage together, one thing that highlighted or uh, one thing that you're like, oh, you know what? I haven't noticed that. Oh, or it's like, oh, this is really exciting. You can share with the person sitting next to you. We're just going to take a couple of minutes. What is that thing that really attracted you in this one, um, the passage that we read? Go for it. Right, okay, if we wrap our conversations, this is how we study the Bible together. Okay, we look out for what we um, learn about God, we look about what we learn about ourselves, or is there anything to teach us about ourselves in there, and we learn about the application of this knowledge or this understanding that we have received about God and about ourselves, and so what? It's as simple as that. You will be, even as I'm going to preach, I'm going to bring out the points, you'll be like sitting there and saying, hey, you know what? I said the same thing. I said the same thing. I said the same thing. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a preacher. The Holy Spirit is there with each and every one of us as we read the Word of God, teaching us His truth into our life. All right? Exciting. Interesting story, isn't it? 
I don't know what has been, uh, uh, what you guys have been really talking about, but here we have the story of a lady called Hannah who is childless. She is going through a lot of suffering because of bullying, because of discrimination, because of um, a mocking and a misunderstanding, what not. She's going through a lot of emotional and mental abuse and stress and pressure, which is making her weep and sad all the time, that she doesn't even want to eat. It's so bad. But that made her to take some important decisions in life, right? She made some important decisions, um, and she coupled that with prayer. And she knew the only breakthrough, I need a breakthrough in my life, I can only get breakthrough in my life by praying. Prayer is the only solution, and praying to God is where I will get my help from. So what she does is she takes important decisions, she couples it with prayer, and she sees an amazing breakthrough in her life. Are you going through suffering today? Are you going through a lot of pain and uh, mental and emotional pressure? Are you going to bed in the night with tears in your eyes? I've got some good news for you. The three points that we're gonna look at today um, in this story is very simple. Power of suffering, power of decisions, power of prayer. That's it. My preach is done. Power of suffering, power of decisions, power of prayer. Let's read again about the suffering of Hannah. First Samuel 1, 6 to 8. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Whoa. The Lord had closed her womb. Did you notice that? So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. <laughs> Sometimes we see that, isn't it? The more we pray about it, the more we want to get spiritual about it, we get more pressure. We get more tormenting, right? And uh, therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, coming to the rescue, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Or why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Very understanding, isn't it? Very empathetic, very sympathetic. Sometimes this is what we receive when we pour out our pain and our struggle and our pressure that we are going through. We receive amazing sympathetic empathy. Unfortunately, I'm being sarcastic there. We don't receive the empathy and the sympathy, especially who you would expect to understand you, right? This is the suffering she was going through and she was looking for a breakthrough. We go through suffering in our life. I just want to quickly point out a few things. Why do we go through suffering? Okay, we sometimes go through similar situations in our life. You might be going through it right now. You might ex be experiencing it right now and you might have come into this building, walked into this building with a heavy heart. What are the causes of suffering? Firstly, it's very simple. It's my mistakes. I suffer because of my mistakes and the consequences of it is what I face. <laughs> we like to always blame things on others, 
we like to put the blame on, oh, they are not good, that is not right, this is not right. If only this was good, if only this worked, I won't have to go through suffering. No, actually, you know what? It is our carelessness, it is our laziness, it is our not doing what we're supposed to have done leads to suffering, right? And we pay the consequences of it. The second thing is the Bible tells us that the enemy attacks. Satan, devil, and his team, they don't like us when we choose to follow Jesus, when we turn around from the way we are going and say, no, I'm gonna follow Jesus from now on. I give up everything else following Jesus. They're not gonna be like, yeah, come on, do it. No, it's like, how can I distract them? How can I hinder that from happening? How can I pull them down and pull them back into the other way? They're gonna be fighting against us, but thank God, the Bible also says that is not the end of the story. He has given us the armor of God. He's given us the shield of faith to protect. He's given us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to defend and to counterattack this um, enemy's attack. Finally, we also see, this is also true, which is very well obvious in this case, God allows. I think there's a spelling mistake there. It says God's allows. Somehow, I don't know how that happened. Here on my notes, I got it right. Okay, so it's not God's allows. Please forgive me for that. It, it is God allows. Sometimes God does allow. It says here, the Lord had closed her womb. Wow. What a strong sense. Sometimes you read this and you say, can God do this? Is God so cruel? I thought God was loving. We were singing about the love of God. It never fails. It's always there for me. But how can this happen? We're going to read more about this and learn more about this in a short while. But just to mention, if you think, or if this is true in your life, if God is shutting doors in your life, if God is, on your, uh, uh, God is allowing suffering in your life, I tell you, you have a greater purpose in life. You have a greater purpose. Yes, the Bible says the Lord had closed the womb, but that was not the end of the story. It is just the beginning. You have a, as you read through, you see a greater purpose and an amazing way how God redeems and changes the situation all around, completely. God, if you feel and if you can sense that God is blocking something, preventing something from happening in your life, you be encouraged, you have a greater purpose and God is working in you towards that great big purpose in your life. Hallelujah. Right, okay. You see the scissors. I bought the scissors. This is uh, garden, whatever. I'm no good at gardener, okay? I don't even probably know the proper name of this. Whatever. This is, this is used to prune. Prune the plants. Why? To grow, yes, very good. To grow, what else? To bear much fruits. That's what the Bible says, well done. To bear, if you need to bear much fruit, this process is needed. And that is why God allows suffering in our lives, and that is how he sees. Now we're gonna look at the effects of suffering. What are the effects of suffering? The effects of suffering is very obvious. We go through a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain in our life, yeah? We, it could be physical pain, it could be mental pain, emotional pain, we go through a lot 
of pain because of the, Hannah went through it a lot. She was crying all the time. She was sad. We go through shame. We go through shame. Most of the time, the shame is, is such a cruel and a nasty thing. It, do you know where it emerges from? It emerges from comparison. You begin to compare yourself. All the people around you begin to compare you with someone else who's doing much better in the same area. In this case, Penina had so many children, but Hannah did not. And that was the comparison that was putting her to shame. You, good for nothing. You, you cannot do this. You are rubbish. Look at them. And that really makes you, what happens, that leads into a false identity. False identity, they give a wrong picture about you. Or you hear voices, negativity so much, I'm no good thing. We always have this with my children. When, when we tell them off, why you don't do this? Oh, then they go into absolute negativity. Oh, I'm no good. And this is, why are you crying? Oh, nothing. I'm just, no, I'm not good. No, it's, I never meant that. I never said you're not good. No, but you know, they're better, this and that. They always go through. And begin, what happens is, people tend to succumb to this false identity, believe that this is true. Yeah, maybe this is true in my life. I'm good for nothing. Thank God, Hannah did not settle there. She didn't want to believe it. Yes, I don't have children now, but I don't want to believe it. I'm just going to go to the source of all things, who's God. And I know he can change the situation. I'm going to look out and really eagerly sought for breakthrough in my life. I don't want this identity. God's view on suffering. How does God view suffering? When it comes to whether it's our mistakes, whether the enemy attacks, whether God loves it. You know how God views suffering? We read this verse, amazing uh, verse. It has been through the worship and in the contributions. You know, God works everything for the good of those who love them, who are called according to his purpose. Who are they? You and me. You and me. He turns up. What it says is even something that comes bad to us, Especially, enemy's attack is not good, but he turns it out to be good for us. What does God, how does God view this? He, he's viewing this to, or he's using suffering to bring our focus onto him. Right? Sometimes that is needed for us to, you know what, in our busy life as we run here and there, and you know, so occupied with so many things, he has to be like, come on! Can I have your attention, please? Suffering does that to us. You know, most of the time when we are sad and upset and suffer, we pray, don't we? We go to God. We sought God. Oh, I need to go to God. I need him. Yeah? So he's wanting an undivided attention, undisturbed attention on him. So he brings, he uses sufferings to bring our focus onto him, right at him. He brings, or he uses suffering for us to realize that we need God. We cannot do anything without God. He sets our reliance on God correct. We need him. We cannot do it without him. We need, because he's our creator and we belong to him and he has the best in store for us. Even more what we can think of or what we can even expect. He's got something really big 
and good. So we need to really hold hands with him and rely on him. And the other thing he does with suffering is he aligns us according to a plan. We seem to always be drifting, aren't we? It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. We get carried away. We seem to be drifting all the time. So he loves suffering and brings, um, um, brings her back into our purpose or aligns us according to his word, according to his plan. Hannah's childlessness. You know why Hannah's childlessness in those days was such a big thing? Why? Because initially in the Garden of Eden, one of the biggest purpose that was given for man is to fill the earth. Bring forth and fill the earth. That was a big purpose in their life. So the Israelites grew up, or their mental understanding was that, that we need to fill the earth. So we need to be fruitful, productive. We need to make children and fill the earth. This is, this is God's purpose. And when that happens, God's purpose is being fulfilled in our life. But here we see Lord close the womb of Hannah. Oh, what happened to the purpose? People would look around and say, Nah, they don't fit into the purpose of God. They are cursed. They are not so good. Maybe their sins, maybe their ancestors' sins in their life, and they tried to designate all that. That's how people looked at it in those days, in that culture. But Hannah refused to believe that. You see, God closed the womb, not that he is like, he is the one who gave the purpose, and he's the one stopping it, no, he was trying to prepare her for a greater purpose. Hallelujah. You're not just going to bear a son. You're going to bear a son who will receive my word, completely dedicated to me, receive my word, and go and deliver. Eli raised two sons. Unfortunately, he didn't raise them well. They were the ones who were supposed to bring God's word to the people, and they were not doing the job. So what God does, he's preparing Hannah to bear a son who would be in the temple, growing with Eli from a very young age, like how a priest's son would normally do. Yeah, and then grow up there and absolutely dedicated and show a role model, an example, and bring God's word into the situation. Change the course of the whole nation. Wow, greater purpose, greater purpose. That's where God is leading us, and that's how God views um, suffering. If you are going through suffering, ask God. Ask God. Align with him. Allow him to work through him. He's preparing you for greater purpose. Amen? Hallelujah. The second is power of decisions. We see some of the decisions which... Hannah made. Let's read it. 1 Samuel 1, 10 to 11. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And as a symbol, as a sign, no razor shall touch his head. Wow. What an amazing decision. This suffering has led her, brought her, or at least she was in the right place for her to think, all right, all this while I've been thinking about myself, now I'm going to think about God. I'm going to think about, Lord, if you would show favor on me, give me a son, I'm going to give him back to you. I'm going to give him back to you. 
God needed such a dedication and a committed, a prayer warrior through whom a son will come who will be focused absolutely on God's purposes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See how suffering is working. So this decision, you know, sometimes in your life, if things you need a breakthrough, you need something, it just begins with a simple decision. A simple decision that you need to take in your life. Let's see uh, the power of decision. The decisions in line with God's plan. Decisions we take in our life in line with God's plan sometimes would mean giving up our wants. Ooh. Well, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought this was going to be really, you know, pleasure giving. Pleasure. No. You see the arrow? It might mean that direction. Hannah could have asked, Lord, give me a son so, so that I would take her, I mean, take my son and show in front of Penina, the other one, all those who bullied me, all those who talked ill about me. See, God has given me a son. See, God has given me a son. I might, or probably if I was in that place, I might take uh, my child to a gathering like this and intentionally pinch the child, make her cry. <laughs> I have a child, sorry. I have a child, I'll take them out now. Want to show off? Because I'm no more barren. I'm no more childless. I have a child. It is about me that I'm thinking. Here comes to a point. Now Hannah stops thinking about herself as a Lord. Okay, Lord, I surrender. I come to a place where if you give me, I will give him back to you and for your services. Hallelujah. It leads to God. decision in line with God's plan leads to submission. Submission to God. It can take us to uncomfortable positions and places. This is the hardest bit for us, especially when we take decisions in line with God's plan. All that we are looking for, or all that we expect is that we would receive some comfort. Say, I've got a chair here. Say, imagine this is the throne. Right? I should have bought a different color. It matches with this one, isn't it? Are you able to see that? This is a very cozy, ah, comfort, nice. Especially when it's cold, it's very nice. See, this is what the world teaches us, okay? The comfort, imagine this is comfort, this is you. Comfort is on the throne. And this is the base or the fundamental position from where you take any decisions. Any decision should lead to my comfort. Any listen, you hear that uh, you know, in the world so many times, isn't it? People come to you or, or give you advice. It's like, your happiness is important. You are the most important person. So you don't have to worry about anything else that's going on in the world or you don't have to care about anyone else. Your happiness is important. Good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it can end up really dangerous. It can end up really, really dangerous. On the other hand, what the Bible tells us is that you don't take a decision having your comfort as a priority on the throne. You take it by letting God sit on the throne and says, Lord, whether I'm comfortable or not, whether there's dis discomfort or not, I'm taking comfort. I'm not going to take any decision on that basis. I'm going to take a decision on the basis of what you want. You have made me part of your big picture. Wow, and that is why I worship you. That is why I thank you. 
And that is the most important thing for me. I want to do what you desire. What is the effects of the decisions that you make? Firstly, it transforms us. Hallelujah. It transforms us. We see it transformed the mindset of Hannah. She was focused on the kingdom. She was focused on the purpose of God. She was focused on what God could do and, and giving him uttermost importance. It transforms us. The Bible says in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, who is living within you and me, is working constantly and continuously to change our mind, to transform our mind. The problem is here. You see, the problem is here, to transform our mind into the likeness of the mind of Jesus Christ. Wow! Isn't that amazing? Guys, we're going to be thinking like Jesus. We're going to be, you know, focusing like Jesus. And our character is going to change like Jesus because we think like Jesus. Wow! And this begins with the decision that we make. The other effect of decision, when she made this decision and vowed and she prayed, she received the answer to her prayer. She received a breakthrough. When you take decisions in, in, in God's you know, line, you will see answers to your prayers that you've been praying for all this while. Are you thinking, oh, I'm praying, 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 but I haven't received an answer? Maybe you need to take some decision in line with God's purposes. Finally, it can change the course of a nation. Hey, are you here today? Your decision, your decision, a simple decision that you're making today can change the course of a whole nation. Amen? Amen? Right. You might be thinking, oh, I'm going to pray for half an hour from today onwards. You might be thinking that's a simple thing. I just, I just wanted to pray. But because of that decision that you made, it can change the course of a whole nation. It can change the course of your family. It can change the course of your relationship because of the simple decision that you take today. I was in the school. Um, when I was about 16 years old, we had a band, a music band. We call ourselves that sick and all that, you know, excited and that in that young age, really thrilled about the band, playing around. Um, but one fine day, I had the conviction uh, with my friend, I went and told my band, guys, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to play any more secular songs. If I'm going to play, I'm so convicted that this gift was given to me by God. I will only sing for God, I will only play for God. And as soon as I said this, as soon as my friend and I said that, the other guys as well joined in, oh, you, you know what? Yeah, we'll do that as well. We'll do that as well. We all joined together. We made a decision. We made, it was such, there was such peer pressure. It was not a comfortable place to be because we were mocked. We were laughed at. We were looked down upon. Crazy guys, don't know what to do with your talents. But um, guess what? One of the guys who was in the band, he very frankly and openly said, guys, this, I can't do this. I, can't. I want to be really famous and good. And he stepped out of the band. He said, no, I want to play all this stuff. I'm not against secular, so please don't get me. But in that day, with the understanding that we had, we made a decision ever since, I've never played anything else. But when I look at myself today here, I thank God that I made that decision. All the band members who was with me, who made the decision, are in amazing positions today, serving the people, serving the church, serving God in an amazing way. The guy, unfortunately, who chose, when I saw him on TV one day, 
He was playing on TV. He became really famous as he liked. But sadly, he fell into drugs. He fell into serious addictions. And his life is in a terrible position. I'm still praying for him. My dear friend, I'm still praying for him. But because of certain decisions that he chose, happened. Finally, the power of prayer. 1 Samuel 1, 15 to 18. This is how Hannah prayed. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as, worth, as a worthless woman, for all along I've been speaking out my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face were no longer sad. Prayer is pouring out your heart to God. Not just praying from our mind, because mind is full of emotions and feelings. It's okay to pour out your feelings and emotions. Absolutely brilliant. But it needs to be coupled with the honesty of your heart and pure intentions of your heart. Lord, though I say all these things, I pour out. Lord, I want your will to be done. I want your name to be glorified. Psalms 34, 17 to 19 says, When the righteous, please listen to this carefully, a lovely verse. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Not one or two, all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Hallelujah. Are you brokenhearted, heartbroken because of your children, because of your husband, because of your wife, because of your work situation, because of your parents? Hey, God is close to you. He saves the crushed in spirit. Pour out your heart to God. Hannah did the right thing. She didn't go and pour it out to any man. She didn't go and, you know, um, try use the situation as like, you know, making a lot of excuses or, you know, uh, or blaming others and all that. No, she chose to do the right thing. She got up. She went to God. She poured out her heart. How many of us pour out her heart to God? That's a very good thing to do. This is how we pray. Then the priest's blessing and prophetic confession comes in. Eli comes and hears what she says. And she think, he thinks initially, oh, well, this lady is drunk. But then when he really sees her pure intentions, he gives a prophetic confession over here and says, okay, now go in peace. The Lord will grant you. I don't know whether she, he even heard the whole story, but the Bible says he said, go in peace. His word had power. His word had authority. Why? Because he was ordained as a priest. The priests were to represent the people before God and represent God before the people. Simple. Who are we today? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hey, church, my brothers and sisters, you and me, we are priests. Our word has authority, and God has ordained that in us. When we go and speak word of encouragement, 
word of upliftment into people's life, we speak prophetically into that life. We speak prophetically. And that is why it is so important for us as brothers and sisters to go and pray for the others. Will you do that? We are royal priests, and that's how God looks at us. Finally, agreeing together on one thing. Matthew 18, another beautiful verse that I like. Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gathered in my name, there I am among them. What God is trying to say is, when two of godly people, these priests, come together and agree on something, okay, let's pray for this, in line with God's will and plan, there is a third person involved. There's a fourth person involved in there. Who is this? Holy Spirit, the God. God, the Holy Spirit, is involved. He joins with us. Okay, now, I will help you pray. Let's pray this out. We pray in the name of Jesus to the Father. You see the Trinity in picture here? The beautiful thing is when two or three agree on something, we join with the Trinity. We join with God and bringing a breakthrough and answer to the prayers, agreeing to, together one another. It was announced that Lisa and Lakshmiaka will be praying at the end. Come and pray together. You agree on something together. Holy Spirit joins you. And then we pray in the name of Jesus to the Father. For the glory of the Father, he will give them. Hallelujah. I'm just going to quickly say points to remember and finish there. Firstly, God loves suffering to grab our attention, increase our reliance, and to align us in accordance to his plan. Secondly, God-centered decisions we make can put us in uncomfortable positions, but will transform us and transform the world around us, beginning with answers to our prayers. Final point, when we pour our heart to God as royal priests, united together in one accord, God is among us, and it will be done by our Father in heaven. Praise be to God, all glory be to his name. Let's close our eyes wherever we are. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, if you're going through suffering. That's what the Bible says. The power of suffering. The power of decisions that we take in our life can change the course of a nation. The power of prayer. Pouring out a heart and praying as priests together, joining with the Trinity. Father, thank you for Hannah's story. Lord, let this truth work in our lives in the name of Jesus. For your glory, Lord, we submit and surrender us. Your purpose is primary for us. We pour out our heart to you, Lord. We need a breakthrough, and you are the only answer to that. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys.
have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.